Hello and welcome to Lunch with Lee. I'm your host Shane Lee. Today on the show, Jonathan Thurston, a former Australian and Queensland rugby league player, playing 324 first grade matches, predominantly for the North Queensland Cowboys, 37 state of origins for Queensland and 38 tests for his country. In 2015, he co-captained the Cowboys to their inaugural NRL Premiership after first winning for the Bulldogs in 2004. Post-career, he has founded the Jonathan Thurston, or JT Academy, helping youth access educational and vocational resources needed to secure meaningful employment. And Shad Wicker, a Queensland comedian and media personality working across stand-up, television, and has hosted the number one radio show across the country. He's a regular on the number one daily sports podcast, Afternoon Sport, and is a passionate rugby league supporter, supporting both Queensland and the New Zealand Warriors. Let's get started. Welcome to Lunch with Lee. I'm your host, Shane Lee. Today on the show, Jonathan Thurston, a former Australian and Queensland rugby league player. Welcome, JT. Yeah, good day, Shane. Thanks for having me, mate. Mate, no problem at all. And Shad Wicker. Now, this guy is a beauty. He's a Queensland comedian um, and media personality. Welcome, Shad. I'd say what, my introduction sounds so minuscule compared to JT's. <laughs> I should have put some sporting accolades in. <laughs> <laughs> Number one podcast. Jeez, look at you go. Mate, can we can we add a few things? I, I got uh, runners-up in under-12s <laughs> tennis at Gosford. Um, I also got sportsmanship uh, once. Now, now, JT, I'll start with you, mate. But um, look, I actually loved the way you played the game of footy. Um, I was a big supporter when you, ha- you had the green and gold on. You used to give me the shits when you played for Queensland because you'd put all your best all the time. But you must have some real fond memories made of your career. Yeah, definitely. Um, in all arenas, obviously, uh, at the Dogs when I first started back in uh, 2002 and then uh, at the Cowboys and uh, in the Origin Arena and playing for Kangaroos. So, yeah, you know, some of the memories I've got uh, – you know, when we catch up with mates, uh, you know, around, uh, you know, you reminisce about sure. uh, the good times that you had. But uh, yeah, got some great memories. And Chad, what's what's your family background, mate? What's what's the combination again? Uh, my uh, mother's like born uh, in Australia, like European descent. My dad's uh, Pakistani. Yeah, um, and 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 you, but you love your footy. Yeah, well, I was um, I was also born in it's a weird little mix, but I was born in the Pacific Islands. So I was born in Tonga, so gotcha. I grew up around Tongans when I was uh, just a kid. So did my mother as well, growing up there as well. So rugby league was kind of straight away that was what it was. And my dad is actually a very uh, very big rugby league fan. So. Well, there you go, mate. And but just you, you follow the New Zealand Warriors. What's going on with that? Look, I know it's confusing, Shane. <laughs> I know it's confusing, but it's, I, I can give you the the abridged version. Is simply uh, when I was a kid, and you try and pick your first team. You know, you're like you know five or six years old trying to pick a team yep. to go for. I was like, you know what I like the look of the North Sydney Bears. That's my team. <laughs> <laughs> no longer, no longer at all. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that for one year, and then they got kicked out. And then I had uh, just Tongan uh, friends and family that were. Like you should go for the Warriors because we know such and such. I think it was Lautiti at the time. Gotcha. Um, first they knew, but yeah. And, and JT, I, mate, I read that um, when you were looking to start your NRL career, mate, they all thought you were you're too small. You'll you'll never be you'll never be big enough and strong enough. And they they wouldn't even sign you originally for for free. What what happened there? Yeah, so um, yeah, I put all my eggs in the one basket uh, mm. through high school, trying to uh, you know get an NRL career. And when I finished high school, uh, yeah, no club uh, wanted a, a bar of me. So 
uh, finished school, uh, got a job at Coles and just uh, played footy on the weekends with uh, some mates. And um, I got an opportunity to go to Sydney uh, at the Bulldogs for a training trial. So I uh, went from working at Coles to uh, washing cars as a job. So from wow. 7 to 3, wash cars and then go and train from 3.30 to, to 8 um at the bulldogs and uh yeah it sort of took off from there so anyway, were you too short to play rugby league but coles is like you're tall enough to reach the top shelf in nightfield <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well i was in the butcher section so the shelves down there actually are at knee level <laughs> hey, what about that what about the top of the roofs on the cars we might need a ladder for that but um yeah i know but so, it's a really interesting question, JT, that um, when you first started, and do you remember your first few games playing NRL and running out and the crowd, oh, I remember when I was playing cricket, I could always I could hear what the crowd was saying, and it's not until you get more comfortable and you just feel confident in your own position that you stop to hear the crowd. Did you, could you hear what people were saying when you were running out of the tunnel? Uh, yeah, yeah, when you're running out of the tunnel, yeah. it, was, it happened, happened through it throughout the whole career. Uh, mm. When you're on the footy field, you're, you're, you're too focused and in, in the zone. So uh, when you're goal kicking from the sideline, yeah. uh, you can you can hear them spraying you. Uh, <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's not too bad. Man, that leads me on the question to you, Shad. Um, have you ever, ever had a gig where, a stand-up gig where you stand there and, and no one's no one's laughing or they start to heckle you? Uh, I mean, this would not do good for me getting booked ever again. But yeah, I've definitely been in rooms. <laughs> I've definitely been in rooms. I think silence is worse than a heckle. Like I think yeah. a heckle, at least you can you can do something with it. But if you're doing there, you're sitting there telling jokes and no one's reacting at all. It is a special kind of hell. That five minutes will feel like half an hour to absolute silence. But I think the worst thing I've ever had at a gig was um, it was actually not just for me. I was doing a show with a mate of mine, uh, another comic called Peter James, and we did a bikey club in far north Queensland in Atherton. And it, and uh, halfway through his set, he was uh, I kept they kept uh, pestering to put on the the singlet like their bikey singlet. So he took his shirt off and he was wearing like a white Bond singlet underneath with his like big nips hanging out of it. Right. So one of the guys in the back of the bar goes, "Oh, it's just like one of the teddy girls." And you hear a scoop of ice come up from the back of the bar. They jumped up on stage and poured a full bucket of iced water on top of him with the white singlet, so it would all just go see through. And, the, the, and he had to finish the last five minutes. I was like, I'd be done if that had happened on set. Like, no one's going to care about your joke after that, you know? Mate, that's tough, those bike, bikey, bikey pubs. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, mate, I remember I, um, I had one of my best performances for the Australian team. I took five for 33 at the MCG, and I was with two of my good mates after the match, and we walked out of Crown Casino, and there was a guy laying, a homeless guy sort of laying in the gutter. And I've taken five for 33 hours with my two good mates, Andrew Yates and Craig Hughes. And this guy sort of just rose from the dead in the gutter and just said, you're shit, Lee. <laughs> I thought, Jesus. And then he passed out. I thought, he saved up his energy just to, just to bag me. But, um, yeah, it definitely happens, mate. Hey, JT, I was going to ask you, mate, um, you, you wore headgear for most of your career, didn't you? You're a bit ahead of your time with all the HIA stuff going on at the moment. Yeah, that's right. So um, I started playing local A grade in Toowoomba uh, as a 16-year-old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was, like you mentioned at the start, I was uh, pretty small. So playing against grown men uh, needed a bit of, bit of protection. And, um, yeah, that's when I started it. And it just became part of my equipment, uh, the headgear. So, yeah. If I, if I actually I forgot it to a uh, state of origin. Oh, really? Um, in, in Sydney, yeah. So I had to ring me. 
uh, manager, and uh, he goes, "Yeah, I've got a, I've got a headgear here, but uh, you signed it for charity." So I was like, "Bring it!" So I played a whole state of origin with the signature across me. <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, it was, well, it's probably worth more for the charity then that you actually wore it. So that's that's probably a good thing. <laughs> Chad, you never had to wear headgear, did you, when you were doing any gigs? I tell you, there's some gigs I wish I did have somebody headgear for, to be honest. But I mean, did we win the state of origin when you played? Uh, like when you played with the signature on your head, was it a good omen? Did we get up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did win that one. You won most. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Didn't lose many. <laughs> and um, and so Shad, you're you're touring around now, mate, um, with the Shad and Pete show. Maybe talk us through that. What, what's what's the topics of your conversation on on this tour? Oh well, this um this show is a bit of because uh, you talk about heckling before and people mm. yelling out. This one's kind of an encouraged one. It's uh again the same mate that, that did the biking gig, uh, Peter James and I. You basically rock up to a show and you write down any problems you've got um and you put them into a bucket on stage. And myself okay. and a bunch of comedians will kind of solve the problems for you. It's um, it's quite it's quite unique. So you can get like all sorts of crazy stuff um put into the into the bucket. Um, what, what's the, what's the weirdest one you've had so far? <laughs> I've had I'll, – I'll give you – when I was in Adelaide, I had one of the weirdest problems was a, a guy rocked up to the show um, without a nose. Like – Right. Like, yeah, exactly what you're probably picturing. Like, it was just – he rocked up, just had like a, a medical patch over it. There was no nose and it kind of um, – yeah, it was pretty confronting. And he comes up. He, he's there with his missus. We pull one of the problems out of the bucket halfway through the show and the problem was uh, – my missus, <laughs> my missus won't let me choose my new nose. Let's <laughs> see, Michael Jackson was it? Mate. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, mate. It was so weird because we were in the we were in some oh, some dingy place in Hindley Street on a in a Adelaide. We pulled this problem out, and the first thing I had to say I was like, "Man, this this better be that guy's problem." Because if anyone else has put this in the bucket, that is the cruelest thing I've ever heard in my life. We, we ended up having to spend the next 10 minutes of the show, which is why I love the show so much. Like, it can just go off track. We yeah. spent the next 10 minutes with this guy and his partner discussing why she wouldn't let him choose the nose he wanted. They went through a catalogue of noses that they had on the phone of, like, which ones he had to choose from. Oh. I was like, mate, it was the weirdest, weirdest oh. experience I've had at this show, hey. That is that that is out there, mate. And JT, what about <laughs> some of the characters you play with, mate? I know for my cricket days that the touring was always good fun, but you um you would play with some fun, funny boys over the years, wouldn't you? Yeah, yep. Um, Sammy Thido uh, oh, yeah. uh, was always good for a laugh. So uh, when we'd uh, make the Maroons team or the Kangaroos team together, we'd always r- ring the manager to make sure that we were rooming together. Oh, brilliant. So uh, yeah, so. Um, he loves getting around in his DTs, big Sammy. So, yeah, there's a, it's always – yeah, there's never a, a dull moment when you're hanging around him. So uh, one of my best mates. I um I got to work with him in radio, Sam Thayer. Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, Sam Thayer at Nova. He's – um yeah, he's so funny. And you're right about the DTs. I've seen him do a whole radio show just wearing his DTs in the studio. Um, <laughs> the most confronting thing you'll ever have. That was worse than the no-nos, if I'm being honest. Maybe, Maybe you should go. go to your show and put put something in your bucket there, mate. Uh, yeah, he's got a few problems with that, I think. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> we'll take a little break here now, Dan. And um, once again, being in lockdown, I'm on the cooking utensils. We're going to do a little slow-cooked pulled pork today, very Mexican. We're going to pair that with a new sponsor of the show, mate, uh, Volando Tequila, which is really smooth and uh, got some smoky characteristics. And we'll add that in with a nice little guacamole, mate, and maybe wash it down later with a nice O'Brien's beer. Mate, let's get started on that. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. Spartan Sports is recognised as one of the world's most exciting and innovative sporting brands with a community focus. Our product range across cricket, rugby, football, volleyball, basketball and fitness has been developed to sell directly to any club, school, corporate or individual. Go to our website and order directly to your front door. www.spartansportshq.com Spartan Sports, unearth the warrior in you. So, Shad, talk me through. You were, you were saying to me the other day, uh, also, you've um, been on tour going to a lot of festivals, like big music festivals. Mm. You must get some some real hammered drunks coming to those sort of shows, wouldn't you? Yeah, I um, I I've had the pleasure. I've done like the main comedy festivals, like the Adelaide Fringe, and uh, you know, there's like Perth and Melbourne, and whatnot. But the weirdest things happens when you get booked, and a lot of people don't know this, but sometimes you get booked to do music festivals. Mm. So you've got like DJs and a bunch of people on all sorts uh, around a tent, and you're trying to tell people jokes. I remember <laughs> um, it's just why I get reminiscing around this time of the year because it should be Splendor in the Grass, one of the biggest festivals sure. in Australia, but it won't be on this year, and. I try to go each year to try and find this same guy I met uh, a couple of years ago after a gig. I went into the urinal after the show yeah. and this guy came busting in like just like the, a Kramer-esque entry into this urinal, right? And <laughs> and he was like, he was pretty off chops. And what I mean by off chops is like he left his jaw in Perth. Like he was <laughs> like, no. like he was on his way to swallowing his face, this bloke. And, and and I don't know what he did before he came to this urinal, but he needed to desperately wash his hands. <laughs> so this guy is like scrubbing away and and it's like you know when you watch you know when you watch like a um like ER or like a like a Grey's Anatomy, like a doctor's mm-hmm. show, and there's the surgeons washing their yeah. hands. They do the full scrub, like down to the elbow. They're doing the, you know, you know, like the way they were telling you to wash your hands for COVID. Like this guy was doing it four years beforehand, right? He was going nuts, like humming happy birthday and everything. And uh, I got to watch this guy's psyche snap as he looked down into his hands and realized that um, he was holding a urinal cake. Oh, no. It wasn't so. <laughs> And he, <laughs> and then he got to follow the stream of water he was using up to the other end of the urinal where myself and another comic were standing relieving ourselves. You're relieving ourselves? <laughs> <laughs> He's just washing his hands in the trough. I don't know how to follow that one up. Now, um, 
Now, Jay, right. <laughs> JT, I want to ask you about, um, you, you've done some great work um, in, a, in the indigenous space, but um, your JT Academy, um, I mentioned at the start that you you help uh, kids in particular get uh, education, vocational um, education to to get proper full-time employment. Now, you must be really proud of that. Yeah, very. Um, you know, coming towards the back end of my career, uh, I was ambassador for programs uh, that were really successful and in the education space, uh, I really enjoyed that. And through the platform, through Rugby League, I wanted to give back to the, the community. So um, we had some talks in 2016, 2018, uh, we launched the, the JT Academy and um, we run, you know, education programs in, in far north Queensland, Yarrabah, Kawanyama, TI, and um, yeah, that's been uh, very successful. Uh, the Yarrabah one's a, a women's program for the, for the high school girls there, um, and the uh, other two are like an everyday counts type uh, uh, program. So we employ someone on the ground there, and they're the link between us uh, and the families and the school. And uh, that way, if uh, you know one of the kids don't show up to school, we'll get a, a, an alert, and uh, then we'll find out, uh, you know, why they weren't at school and things like that. So, yeah, you know, some of these kids have gone from you know 40 percent attendance to eighty, ninety percent attendance uh, in these programs. So, I well, think education can change a, a person's life, and um, you know that's why I'm, I'm passionate about it. Mate, good. I tell you what else. What also also could change uh, someone's life is this new Valendo tequila, which you're an ambassador of, mate. How good is it? Smooth, smoky, and pure. A bit like yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's right, mate. So I'm a bit of a tequila, tequila fan. Uh, my choice uh, before I found uh, Valendo was uh, Don Julio, and when I did a little bit of research on it and, and found out uh, it was two Aussie boys that have, uh, yeah. you know, built the business. Uh, yeah, had a crack at it, and uh, that's my tequila uh, choice of drink now. So yeah, you know, it's a cracking story. Um, it's you know, two Aussie boys having a crack at in the industry and um you know it's the only uh aussie tequila um in in the country so yeah you know i want to support locals as well especially going through uh covid and everything so um yeah it's it's a cracking tequila now, Shana, you're into the finer things in life. Have you tried Volando tequila? Timmy, I actually have. It's fantastic. It's high-end. It's world-class. What do you mean? Does that mean it tastes good? Yeah, it does. It's really more than your average tequila. You've got to think more whiskey. Think smooth, rich in taste and high in spirit. Sounds like a great addition to taco night. Well, it moves taco night from Tuesday all the way to Saturday, if you know what I mean, Timmy. Oh, I know what you mean. It must be pretty special. Valendo tequila for the moment. For more information, head to volandotequila.com.au. Get to the website and use discount code TEQUILA15 for 15 bucks off any purchase until the end of July 2021. If you're enjoying this episode, maybe check out a former episode where I had Nathan Brown, who's now coaching the New Zealand Warriors, and one of Australia's greatest musicians, Dave Faulkner, where they talk about all things sport, music, and coaching. Now, um, now, Shad, I was just going to say, mate, uh, talk me through, when I was doing my research, uh, what, what happened at the radio station with Scott Morrison? It was, it was a radio prank that went went wrong? What, what happened? Oh. <laughs> um, I... <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I was in I was in Cairns in far north Queensland, the greatest the greatest city in North Queensland. Sorry, JT, but um, <laughs> far better than Townsville. 
Oh, it was a few years ago. I had it. We had Scott Morrison on the show, which is kind of standard when you have a politician on the show. As you do like a a fun chat, and then you do like a serious chat about policy, and then afterwards, their media advisors basically lock you in the room for twenty minutes while they take five hundred <laughs> photos, so that the person can look relatively human on their social medias for a little bit. And uh, we did the we did the same thing, and it's been blown up way more than what it actually was, to be honest. But it was um, there was novelty mugs throughout the office, so all sorts of different ones, you know, like I'm with stupids, whatever. Yeah. And uh, when I I was drinking out of one of the novelty mugs, and uh, Scomo's crew was like, "Hey, take the photo." So I quickly jumped in the photo with Scomo, did the forty or whatever different photos, and it just so happened that this mug um, had a word on it. Oh. Uh, <laughs> That was quite rude. I'm, I'm with you now. <laughs> and uh, and uh, ScoMo happened to share that on all of his social media. And I, unfortunately, <laughs> learned very quickly that that is a sackable offence in commercial radio. I didn't actually realise it, mate. Sorry to ask that question. But, oh, yeah, um, no, that's right. But I think you might have been right. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, like, fast forward a couple of years later, and it would seem like I read the room pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> Big time. Hey, JT, who, who were your idols growing up, mate? Yes, I was... Uh, Canberra Raiders fan as a, as a kid, so yes. uh, Mel Meninga, um, you know, Laurie Daly. Um, and then in my teenage years, uh, Darren Lockyer. Sure. So I remember uh, the first time Lockie uh, tackled me, I was like fangirling, uh, oh, Darren Lockyer just tackled me. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I finished the game, I was like, Mom, Darren Lockyer tackled me. Well, mate, I'll tell you what, I um, – I, I, I didn't realise either that you were voted by the fans the number one player of the last century, mate. So uh, well done on that. It's a bloody huge, huge achievement. Uh, yeah, thanks very much. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Shad, you were voted number one comedian in Australia last year too, weren't you? Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? I'll take that. Yeah, yeah why not? <laughs> I, I've, I actually have a question for you, JT, because I'm fascinated by this. Because when I was working with Sam, I asked him this question. And I, I thought his response was interesting because you've you've won with Australia, you've won State of Origin, and then you've won the comp with your club. If you were to rank like one, two, and three, which one was the best to go down? Like top, obviously. Yes, yes. So my greatest moment on the rugby league field is the, the 2015 grand final uh, for yeah. the Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, being a part of the inaugural uh, premiership wing title side, um, you know, that's obviously only gets done once. So uh, that's my number one moment. And then I'd have to say that the origins uh, would be number two. Um, then the kangaroos. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that fascinating though? That, that like you know, like even even now we've heard Australia's going to get the Olympics. We've got Olympians overseas, but it's like you talk to a lot of rugby league players because I think Sam's was similar. It's like Premiership was number one origin and then it was just representing your country was the third on the list. <laughs> <laughs> JT, you, you mentioned about um, some of those great Canberra players, but who was the who was the one um, opponent you had throughout your career that you found? one of the hardest to either mark or defend? Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's different. Uh, the teams, like you play against the teams, obviously, so, you know, Melbourne was always tough to beat. Yeah, yep. You needed to be at your best uh, to, to, to win those games. And, um, you know, I remember uh, 2010 we had, we played uh, Melbourne Storm and, and the Cowboys were last on, on the ladder at this mm. time. And um, they kicked it out. And um, Smithy's tapped the ball from a tap, 
And then he's taken a couple of steps and Billy Slater's just run down the middle of the field. Smithy's kicked it. Billy's picked it up and scored a try. Yeah. You know, they were just playing, yeah, with, with no fear. Um, and it was only lucky uh, for the Cowboys that uh, Storm got ripped or stripped of all their points for cheating the salary cap. So yeah, right, yeah. Um, if, that, if, if that didn't happen, I would have finished with the wooden spoon. So <laughs> that's one thing Smithy does have over me is a wooden spoon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well said. Now, I, I ask everyone who comes on the show the same question. I'll start with you, Shad. But um, if you're a young boy or girl now coming through and you wanted to go into comedy or be a stand-up, what, what advice would you give them? Um, oh, my biggest one would be you just it was just do it. Yep. It's like uh, there's so many people. I think one of the things with stand-up is like there's a lot of things like courses and stuff. Like people mm-hmm. try to do courses. But it's like, uh, it's like with anything, I think – you just need to go and take the plunge. Nothing's better at learning comedy than going to an open mic room when you're real novice, getting up, being told you've got five minutes and doing eight and a half minutes of absolute dribble and then being like, I really like this. Like, It's something you've got to just kind of um, jump out there and do it. And my other bit of advice would be like uh, is constantly reassess. I think that's with anything though. Like be like critique your – performance each time i'm sure like it would happen with sport with you guys like you play one way and you go that works really well and then you've got to reevaluate for the next time you go up it's a similar kind of thing obviously we're just as tough um as rugby league players and uh <laughs> and uh yeah and then the other thing is you know always put in 110 percent and uh you know <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. for the boys and- <laughs> yeah, do the, the one percenters hey um, <laughs> jt what, what advice would you give a young boy or girl now that was coming through that wanted to be a rugby league player yeah i think enjoy it Yep. So, uh, you know, the, the reason why you play it is because you love the game uh, and don't lose that. Um, so, yeah, definitely. Look, you're going to have to work extremely hard, make a lot of sacrifices um, and be really, uh, I suppose, disciplined uh, to forge an NRL career. But, you know, for the young kids out there that want to play a sport, in my eyes, there's no better sport than rugby league. So uh, go out and have a crack. Mate, and some, some good news once again for Queensland. You seem to have everything up there at the moment. You have the weather. You have, uh, you've had all the rugby league. You had the AFL last year. Um, you've now got the Olympics in 2032. Hail Queen Palaszczuk, Shad. Yes. Oh, how good is it, hey? 2032. Mate, we're crushing it. I mean, we're taking applications too, mate, if you want to move yourself up here like everyone else is. Well, I won't this year because we've still got the state of origin down here this year, so I might, I might wait for another season. But um, <laughs> but, look, but I, I want to thank you both uh, for coming on Lunch with Lee and um, and JT uh, in particular, mate. You are a fantastic ambassador of the game, mate. You, you played with the right spirit. You uh, You're a tough man to beat being a New South Wales supporter, but uh, you've done a lot of people proud and you're doing some really, really good stuff with Indigenous kids and, and young kids um, all, all around, particularly in far north Queensland, mate. So well done on that. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. And thanks to you, Shad. And I'll see you on Afternoon Sport uh, yeah. tomorrow night. I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow just to review whatever happens in the rugby league overnight. So, yeah, thanks for having me. All right, boys. Take care. Thanks again. That's it for Lunch with Lee this week. A big thank you goes out to our guests, Jonathan Thurston and Shad Wicker. Thanks to our sponsors, Volando Tequila, Athlon Partners, Spartan Sports and O'Brien Beer. Make sure you hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from and do us a favour if you're passionate, leave a review. And come check us out on our socials. I'm at Lunch With Lee. Also, thanks to our Lunch With Lee photographer, Felicity Kelly. Go find her on Instagram, Felicity Kelly Portraits. And let's not forget our fantastic producer, Dan McHugh. 
Next week, we'll be chatting some more complete legends about sport, music and business on another Cracker episode of Lunch With Lee. We'll see you then. Two.